Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf and Simon. And we're on and welcome back to Three Yards Per Carry. It's been six weeks since we were last on the air. I kind of forgot how to do this. And if you hear my voice, I am a little bit under the weather. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman also is dealing with a bout of bad luck. He is also sick, although he was going to be on the show, but his power is out in Tampa. So it's been a, you know, it's been a rocker start to this show. But as always, we are brought to you by Prize Picks. Use promo code 5, F-I-V-E. And if you deposit $100, you get $100, which means if you deposit and it's a one-time rollover, you're essentially getting a free $100. Do it. F-I-V-E. And BetterEdge.com. Go to BetterEdge.com slash the number five reasons, and you get $20 just for signing up. And I would like to also thank another sponsor, although this sponsor is, he sponsors the trivia show on OnlyFans, and I'll ask Simon in a second to explain what OnlyFans actually is, but that's SKD Studios. Shop designer furniture, lighting, decorative accessories, and more online at skdstudios.com slash shop. Uh, he sponsors our trivia a trivia contest on OnlyFans, where we give out a hundred dollar gift card to the Dolphins Pro Shop every single month, sometimes twice a month. So, explain to the people how they can participate in these trivia contests, Simon. Uh, they can join OnlyFans, which is a uh, what is it? It's a little community of Dolphins fans, which is unlike social media or message boards or whatever in that it's fairly rigorously policed and yet a hugely friendly calm enjoyable environment where like-minded people i know this sounds like some weird utopia uh, or even a cult but it's neither <laughs> well it's um, kind of a cult it's kind of a cult but yeah. um uh, chris is david koresh he has the hair <laughs> um i'm trying to think of other cult leaders but i, I can't off the top of my head but essentially uh Alf is Charles Manson, um, and I am the third cult leader. I'm um, Pat Riley. <laughs> yeah, but really, we just impart information, chats, conversation, analysis, video analysis, uh, game film, college breakdown. Uh, we sit and had, we had a great Zoom a couple of last Friday, Friday before last, for a couple of hours, we broke down Joe Alt, Notre Dame left tackle. We'll be doing loads of those through the season. Obviously, as the season starts, we'll be breaking down Dolphins games, we'll be doing live watch-alongs, uh, all those sorts of things. Um, probably do a meet-up in Frankfurt for those Dolphins fans that are going over there. There'll probably be a meet-up in Florida, uh, maybe with a sort of a live show element to it uh, during the season somewhere where people can come along, uh, all that sort of jazz. Uh, so, yeah, OnlyFans, uh, if you go to our 3 Yards Per Carry Twitter account, you will see the pinned tweet, which will give you all the details. As to how to sign up, we are looking forward to seeing you there. And uh, I guess it's, it's fun around draft time. It's fun around game day. It's even more fun when the Dolphins win. Um, and there's some really, really nice people on there. And like uh, just a good community of, you know I, know, I know I would say this, wouldn't I? But genuinely, it's just a good community of nice, like-minded Dolphins fans. So, yeah, give it a try. Yeah, and it's nearly like, what, what do we have right now? It's like we have like 1,800 members, something like saying, that. Closing on 2,000, which sounds like an awful lot, but... You know, every question gets answered. Every bit of chat gets, you know, there's there's different rooms for, there's a singular room for Alf, Chris and I, where everybody can see what we're talking about. Because obviously people asked many years ago to see our WhatsApp conversation. This is really just uh, an extension of the WhatsApp conversation. But there's a community chat group. There's a sort of premium chat group. There's a kind of a shitty opinions. There's a video breakdown group. Uh, we do like live stages where we do sort of live shows live, which sounds kind of like live sex shows, but it's, it's not <laughs> all of us keep our clothes on. Um, nobody wants to see Chris's wiener. Um, 
which is what they said about David Corrish as well. Um, but yeah, uh, and, th- and that's it. And it's just like good people having good chat about, um, you know, it's an exciting time for the Dolphins. You know, this is the arguably the most exciting season in, I mean, maybe that season where we went out all out and, you know, Keith Jackson, Geno Atkins brought all those kind of players in and tried to get over the hump with, with in the, in the last throws of Don Shula. So it's exciting times to be a Dolphins fan and, and only things is a good place to be. Yeah, that's a good sign, by the way, because if 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 they're that team, that team lost in the AFC Championship game. Although, uh, you know, I don't want to lose in the AFC Championship game, but uh, yeah, absolutely, it's a you know, this is as optimistic I've been about a Dolphin team in I don't know when, maybe nineteen ninety four. Although I did like those teams in the early two thousands; those were really talented teams that just kept falling short, in some cases, short of the playoffs or collapsing at the end of the season, but. Uh, Jeremy Fowler's compiled this list of, well, he's compiled compiled many lists of position units, although he lumped in all the centers and all the guards together, which I don't understand why he did that. And they essentially just ranked all the players uh, by taking surveys from GMs, coaches, players. And the Dolphins fared pretty well, I would say. And I guess we could start with, uh, we'll just start by the guys that the Dolphins actually placed on these lists. Uh, let's start by defensive backs, which I think is obviously the most talented unit on the team. And I think it's where they fared the best, actually. Corners or safeties, so we doing? Uh, let's do corners. Cool. Yeah, it's a good list. I mean, look, I think overall it's a pretty decent list. Uh, we, we've been kind of keeping across it on OnlyFins. I don't think there's too many quibbles in terms of A, placement of Dolphin players, which we obviously tend to see through a slightly rosy-tinted lens. Um and also just a general sort of decent placement, pretty much where we thought players would be. There's a couple of players that you think maybe there'd be one or two positions higher. There's a, but generally, I think you can make pretty strong arguments that wherever our players ended up, you know, you look at Toronto Armstead, just finished just outside the top 10 in um, in offensive linemen. Uh, and you say, well, really? Just outside the top 10 for Toronto Armstead? But then, you know availability is taken into consideration. And there were times last year, A, where obviously Teron didn't play and B, there were times certainly down the stretch where he just didn't play very well because he was just limited by the foot, you know, and that's as, that's just the way it is. Christian Wilkins, again, I think Christian was 11th on the list. I think you can make a pretty solid argument that Christian fits anywhere between 7th and 11th, really. And I don't think you'd be wrong if you said he was the 7th best DT in the NFL. And I don't feel like you're wrong if you say he's the 11th best DT in the NFL. So, you know, I, I think overall the lists were pretty good. Um, you know, we can quibble here and there, but obviously, like I said, we're sort of seeing it through a Miami lens. But overall, I was pretty, you know, it's a pretty decent list. And you know, corners they got Pat Satan at one, you know, Source at two, uh, Jalen Ramsey, Jalen at three. Uh, who's actually Jalen, our highest ranked player? Yeah, it must be, mustn't it? Jalen at three, yeah. Jair Alexander at Green Bay four, Darius Slay at five, Marlon Humphrey at six, Marshall Lattimore seven, Trevon Diggs eight, Denzel Ward nine, and AJ Terrell. A 10, then with Xavier Howard, 11, JC Horn, 12, Treat Woolen, 13, Tredavious White, 14, and Legereus Sneed, 15, along with then Stephon Gilmore, Bradbury, JC Jackson, Carlton Davis, Trent McDuffie, Charvarius Ward, DJ Reed, and Tyson Campbell all receiving votes. But I think, you know, uh, it, it, it's a it's a toss-up, isn't it? You know, I, I, I think you could, you could say Source might be one. I, I thought Bradbury might be one. You could make a pretty tough case that Jair Alexander could be one. You know, Ramsey's still a top three, four guy. I think he fell off a little bit last year. Um, you know, I, I think like we, Alf and I had the discussion about Source and, and Tariq Woolen. Gardner's mm-hmm. numbers to me are just are just better uh, and played much more zone and man, whereas obviously Tariq in that scheme plays much more man. You look at Jair, you know, he's great, he's tough, he's active. The, the downside with Jair, I suppose, is that he doesn't travel with the, the number one guy, but he's smart, he's tough. You know, he comes up and smacks you in the mouth. I think Marlon Humphrey's a really good underrated corner. And but you know, I think um I think that's a pretty fair number for the Dolphins in terms of Ramsey at three. You know, eight straight Pro Bowls, three first team all pros, Super Bowl ring, you know, best corner of the decade. I, you know, I think that's a pretty compelling case that he makes. And I think Xavier Howard's probably in the mix that, you know, he'd be certainly in the top ten of best corner of the decade, but I think fairly. He fell off a little bit last year. The groin injuries that, you know, that I think it's only fair to say that, you know, that's kind of a, a safe landing spot for him. Great ball skills. You know, how is he going to transition? Would, would he bounce back this year? I mean, he's 30. 
Uh, and history tells us that cornerbacks don't get better as they get into their thirties, especially somebody that you know has played so much man and so much you know moving in the hips and the knees and those sorts of things, but remains a you know a top level, top shelf player with great ball skills. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, although I would say that that Xavier Howard got a very friendly nod. That was mostly on reputation. Yeah, but I think it, it bodes well for the position that you did not mention Cater Kohu, and there are other outfits out there namely NFL next gen, which uh, people ask every year. I bring them up around the draft time, around draft time, because I love their, their rankings because they, they, they tend to try to quantify uh, measurables with the, the on-field production and put it all into one single number to rank players. And let's face it, the NFL owns them. So if the NFL owns the NFL next gen stats, it must mean something. They actually rank Cater Kohu the third best cover corner in football. So yeah. I your, think your thoughts on the with, unit overall, like that has oh, the to unit, the mean unit, good. I mean, obviously, obviously, players coming back from injury, you know, Howard, obviously, Ramsey fitting a new scheme, everybody playing a new scheme, um, you know, uh, Nick Needham coming back from injury, uh, Trill coming back from injury, you know, there, there, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of issues. I think the thing with Cader not making the list, you look at these guys and I just said about Jaya, he obviously does play against the number ones a lot as well. He doesn't always travel when they go in motion is what I mean. But, you know, these are guys that that legitimately face off mano e mano, no safety help over the top with the number one, you know, whether it's Tyreek, it's Justin Jefferson, it's, it's Chase, it's McLaurin, it's these are the guys that, you know, and I think for, you know, even if you, so the Jets obviously have two players in the top uh, on the list. I think DJ Reed is a very good corner. And I think these are guys that, you know, for Kader, I think, you know, what you didn't see last season, I think for him to make a list like this, a legitimate list that head coach, not, not the, the ESPN list isn't legitimate, but, you know, a list in which GMs, head coaches, position coaches, scouts are going on. Kader has to play outside consistently and play against, you know, the DK Metcalfs of the league and the, you know, those guys. And I, I think, you know, if and when he does that, and I don't think there'll be that much opportunity to do that because realistically he's a third corner on this team and probably the slot, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that I, I think if he's playing as a number one on the outside against Devontae Adams and against, you know, these guys then then and puts up the same performances, then I think that's, you know, that's where he makes a list. I think when you're doing that against, you know, number three and number four guys, then I think that, you know, there are obviously some question marks that go into that in terms of, you know, he's not lining up against the the number one receiver on a team. And and I think that's taken into consideration somewhat. But look, I mean, he's an undrafted free agent from a college I never even heard of, and he had an absolutely outstanding yeah. year. So, you know, <laughs> um, let's hope he can replicate it next season. Absolutely. And uh, the rest of that next-gen stats list, if you're wondering who was first and who was second, they have James Bryberry as the number one corner in football. They have Sauce Gardner as the number two corner in football. And like I said, number three, they do have Cater Kohu. Uh, so he graded pretty well. They have something called targeted expected points added, which I have no idea what the hell that means. And I'm Yeah, a I mean, I think major. people are just like inventing, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Longest left sock targets over 30 yards minus 14 on a Tuesday uh, sometime between January and March. That, they do that- have one stat that I think is fabulous. Simon, and I got to hear more about this. They have a tight window percentage stat, which means how many tight window throws does the corner create? And Cater Kohu created a tight window on 27.5% of the passes thrown his way. Mm-hmm. If you want to compare other guys, Sauce Gardner, 30.9%, so it was higher. Paralysis by overanalysis. <laughs> yes. All right, let's move on to safeties. There's a guy there that we kind of like. A lot of people think he had a down year last year. I don't think so. I think he was asked to do way too much. At some point, he had UPS uh, He had UPS drivers in front of him playing in a zero-cover scheme, okay? Uh, he was asked to rush the passer. He made a big, huge play against Buffalo the first time around. Made another great play in the playoffs. Uh, he's getting a reputation of making big plays against the best teams in big spots. Javon Holland, where did he fall on this list? And I, I believe it was generous some would say yeah i, I don't think he was generous i think he he's fifth uh somebody had him third that was the highest ranking he got he was unranked by somebody else he last year was an honorable mention so obviously moving up the list uh overall we got we had our old obviously our old safety minka fitzpatrick who's going to probably go to the hall of fame mm-hmm. uh, that one still rankles me in terms of how we managed to screw that up 
and let him go. Derwin James at two, uh, Justin Simmons at three, Buda Baker at four, uh, Javon at five. And obviously, the, you know, the, the interesting thing about Javon coming down the pipe is second round pick, so only four years. So therefore, you know, contract is coming pretty imminently. Jesse Bates at six, Kevin Byard at seven, CJ Gardner-Johnson at eight. Uh, Talano Hufunga, who made All-Pro at 9, and Anton Winfield at 10 with Marcus Williams, Quandre Diggs, Carl Duggar, who's a very good player, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, Xavier McKinney, Jalen Petrie, who Jalen Waddle said is one of the most underrated players in the league, uh, as honourable mentions, and then Tyran Matthew, Eddie Jackson, Jeremy Chin, Jaron Curse, and Justin Reed, all receiving votes. But I think Fire's a pretty decent landing spot. I think um, I think Doug... Um, oh God, I can't remember his name... Um, Works for the touchdown wire. Uh, anyway, it's irrelevant. He had him at six on his list overall. So I, I kind of feel like that's where the league has Javon, you know, in terms of what he can do. You know, he goes forwards, he goes backwards, he goes sideline to sideline, he tackles, he's got a nose to the ball. Uh, he's a leader. He's kind of a complete player, really. So, you know, and, and now really what you're looking for from him in, in year three is is now to make that really big step up and go from being a sort of borderline pro bowler into an all pro. That's what you want to see now. This is where you want to see him take the next step and just become a dominant force on the back end. And I think, you know, this is a good scheme for him to be able to do that. So, but yeah, fifth to me is a good, good spot for Javon Holland. Yeah. Vic Fangio has made, has made so many millionaires at the, at the safety position. This should be a big year for Javon. I, I love the player. Uh, you can ask him to do pretty much anything and he can do it. Um, and like I said, he always seemed to come up big in biggest games last year, always yeah, made, making a play. Great player, great, great kid, defensive captain, leader, you know, a, a kind of a good kid off the field, a kind of face of the defense in terms of, you know, personality and uh, leadership. You know, he's everything that you want. And to think that you got him in the second round is is pretty special. All right, moving on to the linebackers. And then we're going to do defensive line. And then in the second half of the show, we're going to do the offense. And we're going to get to what everybody wants to talk about, which is, of course, the quarterback. Who has, who has a fresh tattoo, by the way? I don't know if, you, if you've seen it, Simon, but he's looking splendid. But uh, Jerome Baker, David Long, where did they fall? And I'll, I'll start this off by saying that I believe Jerome Baker's going to have a big year. In, in Fangio's cover six system, that linebacker that has to fall to the flat usually has to take uh, a third of the field sometimes in cover six, especially when they're by two by four. And when I say two by four, that's just a really fancy way of saying that you're keeping two safeties high and you're keeping four guys under. That's all that means in cover six. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Jerome Baker got uh, kind of an also receiving votes along with Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa, Jordan Brooks, Devondre Campbell, the all pro from two years ago, and Shaq Thompson in the honorable mentions, Patrick Queen, Logan Wilson, uh, Foyasade Olicon, who's the, the tackle machine from Jacksonville, Levante David and Bobby Wagner. And then 10 to 1, Dre Greenlaw at 10, uh, CJ Mosley at 9, Nick Bolton at 8, Shaq Leonard at, at 7, Demario Davis at 6, Devin White at 5, Matt Milano at 4, bizarrely below Tremaine Edmonds at 3, uh, Roquan Smith at 2, and obviously Fred Warner, who's miles ahead of everybody else, is, is number 1. Um, interestingly, David Long doesn't make the list, which I think is a bit of a surprise. Um, uh, he made the other guy's list, whose name I can't remember from Touchdown Wire. He made his list at nine. Um, so I was quite surprised to not see him. And actually, I thought he'd be on it ahead of Baker. Um, but yeah, I, again, I think it's pretty fair. I mean, Jerome's a, a solid, if unspectacular player. And I don't think you can really argue with the, you know, I think Matt Milano is a better player than Tremaine Edmonds. Um, you mm. know, I don't think that's, you know, I don't think that's a massive reach. Um, I, I think um, Shaq Leonard is potentially a better player than everybody not called Fred Warner when he's healthy, but he hasn't yes. been healthy for the last couple of years. Yeah. I don't yeah. believe has he played an NFL game as Shaq Leonard yet or no? Uh, I think he played three games last year, didn't he? And then okay. that the back surgery, but um, uh, I mean, he is, a, again, this is an all pro player and a, let, you just hope he can get back to. Yeah. He's a top three guy. Him, uh, yeah. I would say like, you know, not to get off, you know, start making our own list here, but yeah, Fred Warner, Matt Milano, Shaq Leonard, and I, I guess I could throw in Demario Davis. Yeah, Demario. I think Nick Bolton's an underrated player. I, I didn't love him at Missouri, but I think he's, um, you know, he is a really, really good player. He's a really solid player, just instinctive. But you agree, there's a there's a clear tier one, and it's probably oh, uh, those four guys. Well, I, I think there's a tier one, which is Fred Warner, and then I think there's a tier two underneath that, which which okay. to me is Matt Milano, Roquan Smith, probably Demario Davis, maybe Devin White, you know, and Sha and Shaq Leonard when he's healthy. So yeah. So I'm happy with this group. I, I, I think that, you know, they, they lack depth. They're going to have to try to find some of it. Uh, Vic Fangio very famously said that there were spots on this team 
where they're going to have to, you know, make their talent or find their talent. I think this is one of them. But all right, moving on to the edge players. Like, this should have been a good a good showing, although I believe, I don't know where they put him, but Bradley Chubb is essentially being told to prove it once again. Uh, where did our edge players rank this year? So our edge players were, so the, the edge list, uh, we have Nick Bosa, obviously defensive player of the year at one, would be hard to put him anywhere else. Miles Garrett, absolutely stallion at two. Micah Parsons at three. Uh, I mean, somebody ranked him a six, which is just ridiculous. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, TJ Watt at four, Hassan Reddick, who had a, has had a great couple of years at five, uh, Max Crosby at six, um, Brian Burns at seven, Matthew Judon uh eight, uh, Von Miller at nine, which is kind of questionable in that Von missed so much of the year, but you know, he's a he is a very, very good player, 123 and a half career sacks. Joey Bowser at 10. So Jalen Phillips made 11th, uh, which is pretty good. Aiden Hutchinson, Trey Hendrickson, Khalil Mack. And Cam Jordan, and then Zadaria Smith, Rashan Gary. Uh, I mean, I think Rashan Gary got kind of screwed over a bit, although obviously the ACL. Daniel Hunter's a really good player. Uh, he was just in also receiving votes. Chandler Jones. I mean, Chandler Jones has put together a Hall of Fame resume if you look at the sack numbers. Yes. Uh, Josh Twett, Chenin Nwozo, who's a really good player, and Shaq Barrett. So Bradley Chubb doesn't make the list, which is which is surprising. Um, but yeah, so, but, you know, big love for Jalen Phillips. Uh, Jalen also made the other list. I think he was ninth or maybe even eighth on the other list of the guy whose name I can't remember from Touchdown Wire. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the AFC executive says of of Jalen, huge upside, very raw coming in, but a big athlete who plays his ass off. Again, Jalen, I, I talk about him the way I talk about um, Holland. You know, you're expecting now to make that sort of all pro slash, oh, that pro bowl slash all pro leap. You're looking at 10, 12, 15 sacks, you know, for, uh, you know, I think anything under 10 sacks is going to be a disappointing season for Jalen Phillips. And I think, you know, you want to see him veering towards that 13, 14 number if he, you know, because he has at times looked like he can be a special player. And and as the AFC exec says, he works really, really hard. Yeah. And if you just watch him on film, like he's completely relentless. And uh, some of it is bad luck. Some of it was the scheme uh, that zero, that, that cover zero scheme that, that Josh Boyer employed last year really doesn't lend itself to big sack numbers to your edge guys. But he was just there. He was right there. Uh, he's in the right scheme now to really load up. Let me talk about one guy on this list, and it's remarkable. And it's because he hasn't played in a lot of big games because it's Cleveland. But Miles Garrett is quietly putting together. I don't. I wouldn't say quietly because those numbers are ridiculous every single year, and he keeps making all pro every single year. But I think he has 74 and a half sacks in six seasons. He's only 27 years old. I think. Bruce Smith's record is in jeopardy. You agree? It's 200. I think he's going to get there. Like he, yeah. He's averaging nearly a sack a game. Yeah, I mean, back-to-back 16-sack seasons, um, I, I think he is... I think he was a bit inconsistent, like, first couple of years, but I think the last four years, he's just been just absolutely dominant. I think he's, um, you know, he is a... I mean, the, there's an NF- NFC exec here who just says he's the best singular talent. I think that's probably... I think that's probably true. I think Nick Bosa is probably a better all-around player in terms of that size, strength, power, speed, quickness, repertoire, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, ability to play the run. But I just think Garrett's just an unbelievable player. Um, he's big. He's imposing. He's just he can just be unblockable at times. And and to me, Parsons is just like, you know, Parsons is the freak of nature. You know, he's an absolute freak in nature. I think if you un- if you lined if, if Dan Quinn lined up Michael Parsons as a pure pass rusher on every down, so he just went forwards after the quarterback, I think he would have twenty five sacks a year. He's just so good. Yes, he's so good. His talent is just insane. Uh, he's just I I think he's a, like he is Lawrence Taylor persona. Like he is Lawrence Taylor two point Do you know what I mean? And I think you know he's a throwback in terms of just that ability. And I think you know if he was if he was plopped into a Bill Parcells defense from 1986, him and Laura, I think there'd be no difference between him and Lawrence Taylor, really. And, and I say that because I, you know, I truly believe that Lawrence Taylor, certainly in my generation, the generation that I watched, Lawrence Taylor uh, and uh, Deion Sanders are the two best defensive players I've ever seen play the game. Uh, you know, uh, brilliant to be able to watch them live, certainly on TV. Um, and I think Parsons has the ability to be as good as or in that same bracket as Lawrence Taylor, which is some statement, especially in an era where there are so many good pass rushers. I completely agree. Throwing Bruce Smith and Ed Reed, and those are probably yeah. the best players 
I saw at any of those those positions. I completely agree. You watch Michael Parsons. He does whatever Dallas needs at that moment. He's essentially like a one-man defense. Like, whatever they need. Just 24 as well. Yeah, there was a game last year. I believe it was against the Giants where Van Der Esch, who is, you know, he's known to do this, had to walk off the field with an injury. And they were suddenly left with no middle linebackers because they only activated one, which was Van Der Esch, for the game. And they played Michael Parsons there. He had an interception in that game. And then they started rushing him off the edge on third down. He He's absolutely a stud. Uh, if I had to bet on defensive player of the year for this coming year, uh, I would make him the favorite. I think he's he's likely going to win a defensive player of the year very, very, very soon. He's a spectacular player. All right, on the interior players, we kind of know where Christian Wilkins, where they put him at 11th. Kind of surprised that Zach Sealer did not get a little love He's a good player, man. He's yeah, he's I, a good player. I, mean, I think he's a top twenty defensive tackle. Like I have a hard time taking fifteen or sixteen guys ahead of him. I know what you I, I know what you mean, right? But you know, you look at the list of players, and I'll go through it for those who haven't seen it. Donald at one, you know. Although you know, he's still the best. He's still the you know, he's. Yeah, I go back to the list that I just said of Deion Sanders and, you know, he, Aaron Donald is absolutely in that mix of best players mm-hmm. uh, of a generation. Chris Jones, just dominant force at two. Jeff Simmons at three. Again, a, just a brilliant player. Quinn Williams, who just got paid. Javon Hargrave at five. Great player. Dexter Lawrence at six. Buckner at seven. He's been great. Deron Payne has been great. Cam Hayward, consist, so consistent at, at nine. All favorite John- too. Yeah, absolutely. Jonathan Allen at 10. I mean, that's a great pain and, and Allen at yes. 8. And Christian at 11. Vita Vera at 12. Kenny Clark is just a great player at 13. Derek Brown, a really good player at 14. Leonard Williams, just a really good player. Like, it, it's hard to think that you'd put Zach Sealer above any of those guys. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. you know, that that's tough as much as we like Sealer. And then, you, you know, Grady Jarrett, you know, Eric Armstead, DJ Reader, all really good players. Draymond Jones, Talvin Tomlinson, Ed Oliver, Grover Stewart. So that's 15, what, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. I, I think see this top 25 DT. And I think he's probably very close to making that list. So, you know, I, I think we value him a bit more because we're Miami fans. And he is a very good player. I just, you know, I certainly couldn't put him ahead of Derek Brown or Kenny Clark or Vita Vea or, do you know what I mean? In terms of, could you make an argument he's better than Grover Stewart? Maybe, you know, but... I'd have a hard time putting him ahead of DJ Reader or Grady Jarrett or, you know, so he's definitely in that mix and maybe a bit unfortunate not to make the also receiving votes, but you know. Yeah. I would say he's in that Ed Oliver type of tier. Yeah. Although he won't get paid like Oliver, but. Speaking of, speaking of paid, uh, you keeping him uh, or you think he's as good as gone? Who? Sela? Yeah. Zach Sela. Um, He's probably got to be gone. You just can't afford to keep. You, you can't afford to pay Tua Holland. Um, Although Chris Kaufman, who's not here, he's in, he's he's in the dark somewhere in, in Tampa. He says it's as simple as just hand him Emmanuel Ogba's money. Well, maybe, but then what if Ogba turns around and has a bounce back year? Yeah, nine right. sacks, fifteen passes defensed, plays the run really well. You know, all of a sudden you're like, you know, if Ogba gets injured, and then then fine, give him that money. But you know. It's a difficult one when you've got young players that you know you've grown that you drafted Holland, Waddle, Tua, um, Phillips are all going to need paying. That the Wilkins, you know, there's just not enough money to go around. All right, we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the offense. But first, these words: the future is a hefty responsibility, and not one that we take lightly. But then, taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage to your home or business? Are you having trouble locating a five-star rated general contractor that is fully licensed, certified, and insured? If the answer is yes, then Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, Jorge, and their team is prepared to handle any size property damage disaster. When an unexpected damage occurs to your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. Their objective is to make the cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida is also a licensed general contractor, so they provide the A to Z service, one-stop shopping that business homeowners and business owners require. Water Cleanup of Florida is now an authorized dealer of Eurocraft cabinets, so premier kitchen, bath, and laundry cabinetry, countertops, and other accessories are available for your viewing at their showroom in Boca Raton. Or, do you prefer to shop from your home or office? Then Water Cleanup will send you one of our design specialists to you with samples and products that fit your style and budget. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone if you have any questions at 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six. That's nine five four five seven nine zero three five six. Or visit the website at wcufl.com. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram. And please check out their more than eighty five star reviews on Google and Facebook. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. I'm Jalen Phillips, and you're listening to Three Yards Per Carry. All right, and we're back. Let's start right here. Let's start where it's popular. Uh, Wide receivers. Yeah. I I have a this is the first time. Although I have a, I have a kind of an issue with with where they put Tua Tungvaluwa. Although if they're gonna if they're gonna put it on his availability, then I completely agree. But on the wide receivers, somehow Tyreek Hill fell on this list when he had a career year, and Jamar Chase elevated himself on this list when he had, when he was injured. So now, Tyreek went up one position from last year. Yeah, he did. I thought he, he went down. Last- no, no, he was fifth last year, fourth this year. Oh, okay. So I mean, I, hmm. I, I think he's second or third. I think Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in the league. And, and I agree. Uh, Devontae Adams is two. He's the best route runner in the league. And certainly this time last year, we'd say Devontae was probably the best receiver in the league. A difficult. Yeah, you know, he's just, he's so good at getting open. Such great body control. The ball skills. You know, this is not a guy that, this is Marvin Harrison. Do you know what I mean? In a bigger yeah. body. Um, Jamar Chase has been, yeah, has been great. Um, he's, you, you know, you just put him outside. He just can beat anybody. And, and Tyreek is unique because he's so fast because he just scares the shit out of everybody. Um, you know, he's a better route runner. These are given credit for, he catches pretty much everything. He's tough as old boot leather. I, I think you could say that he could be anywhere from second to fourth, second to fifth. Um, I, I think he's just, you know, uh, we're splitting hairs, aren't we? I mean, some people, the highest ranking vote he got was first. So some people thought he was the best. I mean, inexplicably, the lowest ranking he got was ninth. I mean, uh, in what world is he ninth? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If somebody voted Jamar Chase as sixth best. Somebody had Devontae Adams at ninth best. And Justin Jefferson at seventh best. I mean, come on. I mean, who's <laughs> voting for this? I mean, is this Stevie Wonder on the... Uh, I think got... the cameraman that got punched in the face by Devontae Adams is the one that voted him ninth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you got Cooper Cup at five. And, uh, you know, this is an interesting one because he missed most of the season with that ankle injury. Um, but, you know, you, you can't teach what he does in terms of the way he attacks leverage and, you know, the, the way he can stem corners and, and those sorts of things. Stefan Diggs, again, just great consistency. You know, would he have a 338 catches the last three seasons or two seasons or something ridiculous. He is, you know, he's a machine. AJ Brown, who was sensational last year. DK Metcalf. I mean, Metcalf's an interesting one because, and you made the point on OnlyFins about, about Tyler Lockett, who I really like, who was made the also receiving votes, which we'll get to in a sec. Yeah. And, you know, there isn't a doubt that, that Lockett probably had a better season, but there also isn't a doubt that obviously Metcalf plays against the number one corner. He also has safety help, which obviously frees, you know, take nothing away from Tyler Lockett. He's a sensational player. But he obviously benefits from the fact that DK Metcalf is on the other side and therefore is taking away the number one guy, is taking over that safety help as well that you're probably getting. So, you know, uh, there's 
there are some really good players on this. I, I had DK just slightly out of my top 10, but McLaurin at 9, CD Lamb at 10, honourable mentions of Debo at 11, Mike Evans at 12, who's sensational, T Higgins at 13, great, Garrett Wilson 14, Jalen Wardle 15, Devon Smith 16, and then Amon Rasek around, Chris Alave, Calvin Ridley, who's going to be huge for Trevor Lawrence, Amari Cooper, Tyler Lockett, who we just mentioned, Keenan Allen, DJ Moore, Nuke Hopkins, Mike Williams, and Chris Godwin. Uh, the kid from the Giants, I thought, got a bit uh, Hodgins. I think he got a little bit stiff there. I think Jalen's a bit low. Uh, I think he's... But, yeah, the write-up on Jalen is great. Not a small gimmick guy. He's the real deal. Take him over most of the guys in the league. Pure speed. Knows how to win at all levels. Um, superstar in the making. I, I think he's probably... You know, if you had him at 10, I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, I don't have too many quibbles with the with the list. Do you agree with this? Um, and this was uh, this was debated on OnlyFans a few hours ago. Uh, I made the point that, or I made the observation that I think Patrick Mahomes and Justin Jefferson are the the two guys that you can make the best cases to be clear cut number ones on these lists. You agree with that, or I would or... say Patrick Mahomes and Fred Warner. Okay. And Travis Kelsey. I mean, I, I maybe I love... Aaron Donald. Maybe Aaron Donald deserves. Um... Like probably, although maybe like two years ago, Donald would be unquestionably number. I think you can make a case that there are players, you know, Chris Jones might have had a better year than him last year, but Donald's obvious body of work is, is so stunning. Um, I, I think Mahomes unquestionably is the number one quarterback, number one player. Jefferson probably, yeah, I would just probably have Fred Warner at, you know, I think he's just so clear cut the best, the best linebacker in the, in the league. Um, yeah, but it's close. It's close. All right, moving on. Uh, I don't think we're going to talk about any tight ends because they don't believe in tight ends in this town. At least yeah. not anymore. So, Kelsey no tight one, ends. Kelsey one, Kittle two, Andrews three, got at four, Darren Waller five, Hawkinson six, Pitts seven, Ingram has just signed a big deal with the Jags eight, Pat Frymouth nine, Dawson Knox ten, and then Dalton Schultz and Joku, Fant, Higby, Hunter Henry, Cole Komet. Uh, as honourable mentions, and then Gasicki, Gerald Everett, Zach Ertz, Logan Thomas, Joan Johnson, and Josh Oliver all getting votes. Next. Uh, running backs, I don't think we're going to mention running backs either, although they do have Dalvin Cook at number eight. Yeah, Chubb at one, Nick Chubb at one, McCaffrey two, Josh Jacobs three, Saquon four, on a bad week for running backs, Derek Henry five, Jonathan Taylor six, Alvin Kamara seven, I think Jonathan Taylor's been stiffed by being at six. That's for another day, Dalvin Cook, Tony Pollard, and Austin Eckler round at the top ten. Aaron Jones, hard done by not making the top 10. Uh, 11, Damian Pierce, Brees Hall, Travis Etienne, Ramondre Stevenson, Kenneth Walker. So all young guys, second or third year guys there in terms of Pierce, Hall, Etienne, Stevenson and Walker. And then Javonta Williams, Najee Harris, Miles Sanders and A.J. Dillon all receiving votes next. Yeah, and running backs, if they want to be all upset about you know their pay structure, uh, you, you negotiated this. It's called the collective bargaining. You sit down and you collectively bargain your deal. You uh, you essentially collectively bargained away the first six years of your career to NFL teams. So, of course, they're going to take advantage of it. And that's why you're not getting paid past your first contract. So uh, keep that in mind for the next CBA running backs. All right. Uh, interior office alignment. It didn't land one in here. I think that was that was a surprise. Connor Williams, in my opinion, is deserves a, a nod at at center, at least at top 10, but they lumped everybody in together. So yeah, if, I, think if I had to take one, I would say Robert Hunt deserved to be in the top 15 on this. Yeah. List, and he wasn't. I think, I think Hunt got done by the fact that they put guards and centers together. You know, I mean, they went Zach Martin, Joe Tooney. I mean, hard to argue Zach Martin, Joe Tooney, Quentin Nelson who had a bad year or, you know, by his standards, a bad year, but obviously he's on a hall of fame projection. Uh, Elton Jenkins, who's really good at Green Bay, Joel Batonio, Jason Kelsey, obviously hall of fame center. Chris Lindstrom's a good player. Creed Humphrey's a good player. Brandon Scherf's a good player. Frank Ragnow is center. who's one of the best centers in the league. And then Eric McCoy, Trey Smith, Landon Dickerson, Corey Lindsay, Wyatt Teller, Mike Onwenu, who's a really good player at the Patriots, and then Elijah Vera Tucker coming off the injury. Lakin Tomlinson, Ryan Jensen, Ryan Kelly, and Quinn Miners. I think that Connor Williams would have made top 10 if it had been just centres. I think Rob Hunt probably makes top 15 if it was guards. I, I think it was hard for, you know, certainly from a Dolphins lens for them not to be in the sort of certainly others receiving votes. But again, like, it's difficult to know. Yeah, Are you leaving Wyatt Teller out? Are you leaving, you know, Trey Smith out? Are you leaving... You know, Frank Ragnow out. It's difficult to to quantify 
who you get, who you leave out for for one of these guys. So, um, I feel a bit bad for for Hunter Williams, but you know, I, I think we we'd be we're we're happy that we could make the case for them, but we can understand that they're not. You know, I, I understand why they haven't made the list. All right, and moving on to um, what everybody likes to get mad about. At quarterback, they put... Uh, Let's do tackles because we haven't done offensive tackles. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, tackles, we have uh, Teron Armstead. They put him just outside the top 10. I understand it. Yeah. I also like this list a lot. Uh, yeah, I don't have it. Uh, if you go, Again, if you can go through it, I guess I could comment on these le- guys. Left tackles and right tackles as well. So, you know, I, I think if you take it, I think there's three right tackles in the top 10. So really what they're saying is that, that Teron is the eighth best... Um, is the eighth best left tackle in the league, which I think, you know, given the body of work and what we talked about earlier in terms of his health, I think that's fair. Yeah. So you've got Trent Williams at one, who's the unquestioned number one, a future first ballot Hall of Famer. What makes me furious about Trent Williams is that we talked about it for 18 months, how, you know, this was a guy that once he came back from cancer, he got the all clear, you know, he was available. We knew he was available. We knew that the compensation from Washington was going to be low. It was low. And, and the 49ers won that battle. And they, they picked him up from a, for a third rounder, and I think, in third and a fifth rounder. And, you know, he is, I mean, it's only six left tackles since the, the merger in 1970 have earned multiple first-team All-Pros after the age of 30. And they are Walter Jones, Anthony Munoz, Andrew Whitworth, Joe Thomas, Willie Rofe, and Trent Williams. I mean, that is a, you know, that is a list of, I mean, he's well. Jonathan Ogden is not on that list, and Orlando Pace is not on that list. No, so first team All Pros after the age of thirty. Oh, okay. So multiple after the age of thirty. So, so you had Williams at one. Laramie Tunsil, our old player, who's just an elite left tackle. Worth who's built this team? He actually, yeah, him or him and Chris Greer built this team. Yep. Uh, Tristan Worth, right tackle, but switching to the left side this year to replace Donovan Smith. But career right tackle. Uh, three Lane Johnson, obviously career right tackle at four. Jordan Malata, brilliant left tackle at Philadelphia. Penai Sewell, right tackle at Detroit at six. Andrew Thomas, who's just been sensational after his really bad first year. Rashawn Slater coming back off the um off the the bicep tear. Uh, Christian Darashaw, who's been great for Minnesota. Colton Miller yeah. goes under the radar at the Raiders, and then Ramchick, right tackle at the Saints. Teron. Bakhtiari, who was elite when he was playing and kind of was sort of eased in back in for, for Green Bay. Brian O'Neill, I think, is just one of the most consistent players in the NFL. And Tyron Smith, you know, injuries, but um, and then rounding out the the the, the rest of the list, Juwan Taylor, Orlando Brown, Jake Matthews, Dion Dawkins, Taylor Decker, and Taylor Moton quarterbacks. Yeah, I don't have any real issues with this this list of, of tackles. Uh hopefully in a year we have Austin Jackson on this list, right? Right, Simon? Maybe. No, uh, no chance. More chance. More chance of Austin Powers on the list. Okay, you know what? Let's let's hope for this. Toronto is back at let's say top five because he played a full season, and if he plays a full season, that means the Dolphins had a good season. All right, moving on to quarterbacks, and this is what gets really people really. This froths so many asses out there because, and I can understand if they're if they're talking about okay, his availability is a big issue, and that's why we're going to penalize him for it. Okay. But he did have a better season than a lot of those guys on on this list. But let's take this list, and I guess you have it in front of you. I guess we could take it down, and we could go over it. Yeah, so 1 through 10, uh, no arguments with much of this from my point of view. Mahomes at 1, Burrow at 2, easily the best two uh, quarterbacks in the NFL. Josh Allen at 3. Aaron Rodgers at 4, obviously not the greatest year from from A-Rodge, but two back-to-back MVPs the year before that. Justin Herbert at five, Jalen Hurts at six. I, I think you can make a pretty significant case that Hurts would be above Herbert um, just based on uh, last year. But I think if you take the overall body of work, obviously Justin's body of work is significantly better than Jalen. So, yeah, uh, you can argue that either way. Lamar at seven, former MVP. Uh, Trevor Lawrence at eight, which is interesting in that obviously one of the most dominant quarterbacks in the league over the last eight or nine games of last season, plus the playoff win when he recovered bounced back from the four picks to to win the game in the second half um but um you know feels maybe a little high for half a season but he's still a really good player Dak Prescott at nine it wasn't great last year then we're getting slightly into the realms of kind of Matt Stafford at 10 clearly sort of over the hill and down the other side to Sean Watson who's not been good for 
three years now because of the suspension and he was pretty mm-hmm. abject last year. Kirk Cousins, who's solid, unspectacular, and anybody who's watched the Netflix series, just an all-round good guy, apart from the vaccination stuff and quoting Mrs. Thatcher. And Jared Goff had a great year last year for Detroit. Derek Carr, and then Tua. Um, I, I think you can make a fairly good case that Tua would make the top 10, but I also think, you know, availability is the most important ability. And, you, the, you know, there are significant question marks about the durability, and I totally get that. You know, some, you know, I, I think some people would have had him in the top 10. I think some people don't have him in the top 10. And the knocks on him are kind of, the, you know, he doesn't have the big arm and, you know, the great mobility, but, you know, he's still mobile enough. There are some limitations. We know that, and that's absolutely fine. But the two argument is an argument you're never going to win. Um, so, look, I think you could probably, you know, you could easily take Matt Stafford out of the top 10. I think you could easily take... Dak Prescott out of the top 10. And I think if that list went, um, you know, Mahomes one, Burrow two, uh, Allen three, Rogers four, Herbert five, Hurt six, uh, Lamar Jackson seven, uh, Trevor Lawrence eight, um, Kirk Cousins nine, Tua Tungabailo ten. I don't think anybody's complaining about that list, quite frankly. Um, so look, you know, this is the most important year for the Miami Dolphins, as we talked about earlier on, but it's also the most important year for Tua. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to stay injury-free. He's got to avoid the concussions. Uh, I suspect one more bad concussion might be a career-ender for him. So I get there are question marks. So I, I think the quid pro quo to that is you look at someone like Von Miller coming off the torn ACL, missed most of the year, talking about Cooper Cup, who missed, what, nine games with the, with the injury. You know, Cooper finishes fifth. Vaughn finishes ninth. Obviously, both have had significantly better careers than Tua, but you know where do injuries weigh up in this in this measuring system? So yeah, Shaq Leonard, uh, he's also yeah, on the list. I, you know, look, I I think you could you could make an argument for Tua in the top ten, um, but I'm not unhappy or disconsolate that he's in the honourable mentions. I, I, it is what it is, and you know he still has to prove that he can stay healthy. He proved that he could be a a very good quarterback last year. Now can he prove that his health is good? And if he can put those two that combo platter together, then you're looking at a top ten quarterback next year. You know if if Tua plays all 16, 17 games, has a really good season like he did last year, Miami make the playoffs off the back of him, then there's no way he's not a top ten quarterback, and that's absolutely fine. You know, so I think you know the health has to play into it. And also, look, you know, there were some big games where he just didn't perform. You know, San Diego on the road, the Chargers on the road, the 49ers on the road, uh, you know, two massive games where he didn't perform. Um, and that plays into it. You know, the, the, those things do matter. You know, each game you get one, you know, you, you only get one win for a win, right? But some wins are bigger than others. And, you know, December is a bit big time, you know, to be up and then throw three picks against Green Bay on Christmas Day. That that doesn't help either. So, uh, you know, there are there are some a lot to like, a couple of things to work on, and the health being the biggest issue for him to crack. But if he can put that all together, no doubt he's a top 10 quarterback. No doubt. I completely agree. And, and I would say uh, it used to be that Tua was like, you know, he was all alone as far as guys that were unfairly judged. I'm going to throw in Kirk Cousins in there. Okay? Yeah. I saw this quarterbacks thing. I, I binged it all on a on a Sunday. Uh, like, yeah. I woke up in the morning, I had breakfast, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start on this thing. I started it and I ended it on uh, in one day. Um, I love the part where Kirk Cousins is talk is talking about, and you can tell that, that it, it's something that bothers him when he was like, you know, everybody keeps saying I'm a terrible primetime player, but why do I have six Sunday night player of the of the of the week awards? Uh, and it's true. I, I think that you have to you have to play at night to win the Sunday night football player of the of the game, don't you? Yeah, I think so. So if you have six of them, I would say that that makes you a pretty decent player on primetime. So why does he have this reputation as, okay, it's primetime, Kirk Cousins is going to shit. Like, why is that? It's Kirk Cousins, isn't it? It's um, it's a, uh, I, I think he gets a pretty raw deal at times. Um, I think he's a good player. I think he endeared himself to an awful lot of people in that series where he just was clearly, patently, just a really nice person. Yeah. Um, I, you know, and I've talked about the anti-vax stuff, and uh, you know that's different, and that's a, that's a separate thing, and you know whatever. But you know, as a genuinely good person, clearly hugely respected by his teammates, um, just a great family man. His wife was lovely. That he was just really, he was just a guy that you absolutely pull for. You know, you saw him after the playoffs pulling over and signing people's shirts and all those sorts of things. You know, 
he just seems like a really, really, really good guy who, for, for whatever reason, just gets a bit of a bit of a tough deal. I've probably given him a tough deal on this podcast. Um, you know, but he looked at him, um, you know, looked at how he played through the injury last year. The, you know, I mean, some of that, that with the mics where he's walking off the field, he got hit and, you know, he's like almost crying and you can, you can hear his voice and he's like, oh, oh, <laughs> you know, I mean, that, you know, that's brutal, you know, that is brutal. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and other guys would be going off and he is playing through it. That's, you know, that's pretty hardcore. Yeah, when you take you take a, a hit, especially when you take a helmet to the to the ribs, yeah. uh, you you do feel like if they broke you in half, you do feel like you know at any moment right now my top half is gonna fall off of my hips, okay, yeah. and I'm gonna be in two pieces. Uh, I, I, look, I broke down every single touch that Dalvin Cook had last season, and by the way, you can get that video on OnlyFans. I broke it down by game, so you can watch it there. Okay, you can make up your own mind. Is Dalvin Cook washed? Is he not? Well, you can make up your own mind on OnlyFans. The entire video is on the Five Reasons Sports Network uh, YouTube account. But I watched every single snap that they played last year. He took an uh, an unholy beating behind that offensive line. Because, first of all, uh, Darius he's great. He's a great left tackle. But he was yeah. a lot like Teron Armstead last year. He played 12 games. Okay? And he was in and out of other games. You know, like he was missing quarters every once in a while. Okay? And I'm sorry. There are two guards, Ezra Cl- Ezra. Uh, Cleveland. Ezra Cleveland and Ed Ingram, both of those guys are just terrible. They're they're bad guards. They're just not good players. And yeah, he took an unholy beating last year. Still produced. Still won games. Still was great when when it counted. You know, it's just a shame. You know, he had to go lose to the to the Giants, and it wasn't his fault. He played fine against the Giants, but yeah. you know that's the way it goes. All right. Uh, next week, when we talk to you, we will preview training camp because as we're recording this, it's the 18th and rookies reported today. The vets report on the 25th. So next week, we will preview training camp. But till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.